Ken Joslin is an American entrepreneur, author, motivational speaker, and real estate professional. Divorced a year ago. Um, been out of the house for three years. Very, that's the hardest, hardest thing I've ever done. He is the owner of the Ken Joslin Group, a company that specializes in selling real estate and mortgages. Joslin has sold hundreds of millions of dollars worth of property and mentored hundreds of people. Ken has also written several books, including As the Leader Grows, How to Crush Limited Beliefs, Creating Winning Strategies, and Champion, A Culture of Leadership. When you look at the people that are in your life, are they people, are they guys, we're speaking predominantly to men, are the men in your life guys you want in your life if you're going through a crisis? And if they're not, maybe you need to reevaluate your circle and find some new people to do life with. He is also the host of the As The Leader Grows podcast, where he teaches leaders to grow by teaching them how to reach their fullest potential. Everybody listening to this podcast, if you'll take that one thing that I just said and apply that to your relationships, it'll be a game changer for you. He has been featured on the cover of Newswire magazine and other major publications. And I'm telling you, dude, I lost it. Kevin, I had no idea I had trauma. Before we begin today's episode, I would really appreciate a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. This helps to get the message out there to men and therefore encourage and inspire them to level up their life. So without further ado, this is the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan. Thank you for tuning in. And my man, absolutely delighted to finally have you on this podcast. We've been trying to make this happen for quite some time now, and I came across your content several months ago now, and I thought I definitely need to get this guy on my podcast. I know you're an extremely successful businessman, but with any success, I know there is a lot of suffering, a lot of sacrifice behind that story, at the beginning of that story. And that's where I'd like to go with this conversation. And and really, the first question I want to ask you is, tell me about a time where you were suffering or where you were extremely challenged in the past. And at the time, you thought, fuck, this is, this is the end. I've lost everything. There's no coming back from this. And as you sit there now and you reflect back in it, this would be a good answer. I can already tell. How many, how many, how many of those do you want me to give you? Do you want me to give you like when that happened last week or the week yeah, before yeah. that or or last month? I mean, how many of those stories do you want me to give, give you, Gavin? Give, give me the worst one possible. Yeah, that's the one that's well, the man, one we all want, man. So yeah. yeah. And, and and as I said, when you reflect back on that situation or that circumstance in your life, yeah. as you sit there right now, you think, you know what? If that didn't happen, then I wouldn't be sitting here today. I wouldn't have the success yeah. and happiness that I have today. So what what was that in your life, that moment or that yeah. period? Yeah. yeah, number one, first off, man, honored to be here with you. And uh, man, I appreciate your time and your platform. It's it's huge for me. I don't I never take that for granted. Um, I heard Grant Cardone say something. For those of you guys that know Uncle Uncle G, he's a friend and a mentor. I was just in I was just in Vegas at Growth Con with him last week. Um, I heard him say something a couple of years ago at a at a um, mastermind. His first mastermind he did was in twenty. It was in June twenty twenty. So COVID's like you know full bore. Here we are. I think there were thirty three of us at Grant's office, and somebody asked him a question about how do you know when you're close to success? Like how do you know when you're just about to break through? And Grant said it's just on the other side of feeling like you're about to lose everything. And I was like, I didn't make a lot of sense two years ago, but let's circle back 14 months ago to December and January of 2021, January of 2022. I was about to pull off my first Create conference in Atlanta. It was my first big conference, several hundred people, John Maxwell, Jesse Itzler, you know, Anthony Trucks, uh, just a ton of great friends, Randy Garn, Jen Gottlieb, ton of amazing friends of mine. And I'm getting ready to pull this event off. Dude, it's just me. Like, I don't have investors. I don't have somebody funding. It's me. And I'll never forget, we were probably a month or so out, and I thought, dude, I'm going to lose it all. Like, I'm almost out of money, and I've got, you know, John Maxwell, I've known John for 20 years, but he doesn't get breaks when he comes to speak. He's $85,000 to come speak for 90 minutes. I mean, so, you know, and I've got all of these moving parts and 
finances in a budget of about 250 to 300 K to pull this event off. And I'm doing all this stuff and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know that I'm going to be able to pull this off. And so Friday morning, John, we had a Thursday night, kind of a dinner, fun, a dinner and a, a, a dual fundraiser for a couple friends of mine, David Pollock from ESPN's College Game Day, Hugh Jackson, former NFL head coach for the Raiders and the Browns, now the head coach for Grambling. Um, we had a fundraiser for both of their, their nonprofits, and John spoke at that. The next morning, we opened the conference up, John Speaks. And I have to go behind John. Um, I don't know if you've ever had to speak behind a guy like John Maxwell, but he sucks all the energy out of the room. And I've done it. I've spoke behind John three times now. The first big stage I was ever on 20-plus years ago, almost 9,000 people I had to speak behind John. And then last year at my conference, and so I got up, I told John, it's funny. I said, dude, I'm never speaking behind you again because you suck all the air out of the room. Dude, he's, you know, it's John Maxwell, for goodness sake. And uh, I get up and uh, after John, and you know, these people are expecting this big, eloquent keynote. And here's this guy who spent half of the last 25 years in full-time ministry. Uh, you know, in the South, we call that, I just had that preach on me. And I just, I don't know how to do it, Gavin, any other way, but then just to be 100% transparent. You watch my Instagram stories. People see my videos. I get people to go, dude, I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you shared. I can't believe you were that transparent and vulnerable to people. And I'm like, listen, I can't help anybody unless they really know what it took to get where I got. And um, I get up last year in January and I start sharing with people. You see the band. You see the LED walls. You see the hundreds. You see all this stuff. But what you didn't see was me three weeks ago waking up at 2 a.m. wondering if I had what it took to pull this thing off. What you didn't see was all the nights I woke up in the middle of the night looking at my checking account going, bro, I don't know, if, Ken, I don't know if you got it, bro. I don't, know that you can t- I don't know that you can pull this off. I'll never forget the week or two weeks before our conference, I had $17,000 left in my bank. That's it. That was it. That wouldn't even make payroll for the month. That was all I had. I had spent everything, multiple six figures. And um, I'm like, okay, God, I know you told me to do this, but man, if this doesn't come through, I guess I can go back to selling real estate. I guess I can go back to being a mortgage broker. And, um, you know, we did the weekend. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal weekend. Tons of, of lives changed, visions, dreams. I mean, really reinforced and we did uh, close to $250,000, $260,000 in revenue that weekend. Um, and it really, that was the catapult. And then fast forward to a month ago, um, actually it was today, a month ago, we started my Create Conference. So fast forward five, six weeks ago, same thing. But yet this one was bigger and better. So what did it do? It cost me even more money to put it on. Same thing. I didn't get down to seventeen k, but I wasn't far from it. And um, what did we do? We, we did a half a million dollars in revenue last month, um, which put us in position to where ah, now I can exhale and I can sleep at nighttime and I'm not waking I was just on the phone with Vic Keller, who's one of my dear friends, and he, is, uh, he had 11 companies successfully acquired by Berkshire Hathaway in 2016 or 17 um, for an undisclosed amount that I will just tell you was around $8 billion. Um, he's a billionaire. He's a dear friend. And we spent, we literally was on the phone for, we were on the zoom call for an hour and 57 minutes talking about our upcoming create conference and the things that, that Vic and I are going to do together. And I told him, I said, you know, dude, I, this is what I, sh- I literally showed him a QuickBooks shot of Dude, here's what we made last month. And he was just, he was so happy for me, dude. And he was like, he was like, man, I bet you sleep better. I said, I said, you don't even know. Like, and it's not even been a thing, Gavin, of okay, I've got this money in the bank now. Can I go buy a watch or go buy another car? It's, it has no, now I'm like, oh, now I can hire this position and I can get this executive assistant slash event coordinator that I've been wanting to get. I can go out and invest right back into my company. But um, I go back to that quote, man, from Grant. Mm-hmm. If you know, you'll know you're close to success and arriving um, the moment you feel like you're about to lose it all. And I, I People say, people ask me this question. They say, how do you get so close to Grant? How does he pull you in on Instagram lives? And I've spoken for him two or three times at 10X. Like, how do you get to do that? And for Grant, I just say, man, because I continuously go all in. I'm all in all the time. Like all the time I'm going all in. 
Like we just made a half a million dollars last month. What am I doing? I'm going all in. I'm hiring. I just hired a search firm for my VP of operations. I've got two or three people that I'm interviewing for my executive assistant slash event coordinator. I mean, I just, I just, okay, how can I reinvest now? We're not going to do one create conference this year. We're going to do two. That was the call I had with Vic. We're going to do one in Dallas. I mean, it's just, it's insane. It just goes up to the next level. That's all it does. The risk never goes away. And I think that's really how I got connected with Grant. And Grant gave me that access that he did was because he loved the fact that I continuously go all in. Mm -hmm. What's the cost of that for you on a personal aspect? I know there's a lot of Um, money to be made, but what's the cost there? Yeah. um, You know, for me, Gavin, it's it's different, I think. Um, I spent a lot of time in full-time vocational ministry doing ministry and planning and pastoring churches. You don't do that to get wealthy. <laughs> There's a few people that do, but you don't do it. You don't do what I did making 60 K a year. I mean, when I was a mortgage broker 20 years ago, I was making 60 K a month. Um, I, I think that, so, so in that, in that I talk a lot in my book about return on mission versus return on investment. I talk a lot about significance is greater than success. So for me, it's the finances don't do anything for me other than let me sleep a little better, a little bit more peace, and they then they let me invest into what we're doing so I can scale it and have it, have a greater impact on more people. Um, so I, I think that's the I think that's the thing is is I, I talked to my podcast this morning about and I be, this has been in my heart big time and it came out of two conversations I had in the past week. Um, one was with Tom Brady. Actually, Grant had the conversation. Tom was on stage at Growth Con. He was the last speaker. And Grant asked him, he said, what's the secret behind seven Super Bowls? What's the secret behind you being the greatest football player, quarterback of all time, hands down, no questions asked? He goes, was it just your insatiable desire to win? And Tom goes, not at all. He goes, not at all. And I was shocked. Grant was shocked. The whole room was like, what? I thought I was going to hear like Michael Jordan. Dude, I mean, I'm he's like, you know, MJ or Kobe were assassins. Like they'd slit their grandmama's throat to win a championship. Tom was different. He just said, he said, no, man, my driving, my motivational, my main, there's two motivations I had. Number one, I didn't want to let down the people that I loved. I didn't want to let down my family or my teammates or my coaches. That was the number one driving force for me. Number two, he said, man, it's fun to celebrate a championship when you have teammates. He goes, there's nothing like it. He said, so I laid it all on the line. And if we won, great. If we didn't win, would it suck? Of course it would. But I knew I gave it everything I had. And um, the the second was my friend, Sean, who was on my podcast last week. He's the only man in the history of the world to summit the seven highest peaks on all seven continents, including Everest, ski to the North Pole, ski to the South Pole, and finished the the triathlon Ironman event in Hawaii. He's the only person that's ever done it. Nobody's ever done it. And he, I asked him a question. It's blue because I'm just like, dude, you summited Mount Everest. Like that's the most insane thing ever. I said, dude, what was it like when you got to the summit? Like explain that to me. He said, Ken. He said, I'm not gonna lie, it was phenomenal. Is the most amazing scene you've ever, you could ever imagine. God couldn't have painted a more beautiful picture than that. He said, but to be honest with you, I already knew it was never about the summit. It was always, it was about the journey. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I talk about it a lot, but I've never been to Everest. And so for me on my podcast this morning, I just talked about it. I said, you know, we, we've hit this unbelievable level. I guess if you want to say, I, I get to spend time with some some world-class entrepreneurs, some people that are causing major impact around the world. They're like my best friends. Like I just got two hours, hour 57 minute Zoom call with Vic. You know, these guys are, these guys are my closest friends. And I, I've, I've learned that it's not about the destination. It really is about the journey, the people that I get to surround myself with and the man I become on the journey. How far are you from that peak? At the moment, have you reached the peak? Are you coming back down? Are you, are you looking for no, the I'm next even, mountain? I'm not even close, man. For me, it's not even, you know, it's, for me, it's not even, you know, like peak to peak. It's okay, God, because I'm, I, I'm a person of faith. 
you know, I'm like, okay, God, I know you've called. I know the dream you've put in my heart. I know the dream you put in my heart. I know what you've called me to do and the impact you called me to make. So for me, it's always about return on mission, not return on investment. How can I go make greater impact? I literally, this morning, I shared on my Instagram page, um, at Ken Johnson, I shared on my Instagram page today, um, a clip from my Create Conference where I was talking about when you're in community, when you find healthy community, a lot of my GSE community, accountability should feel like encouragement. Like it literally should like breathe wind in your sails. The word encourage means to add courage to. And I shared on the, I shared on that story, excuse me, this morning about a friend who was there who texted me and another friend two days before my conference. And she said, Hey, listen, I can't make it. Finances are tough. I've had all these things happen. I'm just not going to be able to make it. And as soon as she texted me, I thought, man, she's got to be in the room. She cannot miss this. I, call, I text her. I said, call me. It's like 10 o'clock at night. I'm literally, literally laying in my bed. She calls me. And I said, have you already paid for your plane ticket? She said, yeah. I said, what about your hotel? She goes, nope. I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, and you already bought your ticket and paid for your ticket to my conference. Yes. Okay. I'm going to Venmo you the money you paid me for the ticket to my conference. I'm going to send it back to you. So you're, so you've got some money in the bank and you've already paid for your flight. Here, when you get here, I'm going to put you up at the Airbnb or a hotel room with one of my team, with one people on my team, so it doesn't cost you anything either. And I'll cover all your expenses while you're here. And she, she literally just reposted it this a minute ago. Um, but like that, that's impact. Like that's return on mission. Because I know that two and a half days she spent here with those several hundred people at my conference and my, the speakers and friends that she has there. I knew it would be a shot in the arm that she needed. I knew it would breathe wind in her sails. I knew it would be encouragement. The word encouragement, Gavin, means to add courage to. So I tell people all the time, dude, you don't have courage, borrow some of mine. You don't have belief in what God's put in your heart, you borrow some of mine. Because I have that belief for you. I was on a, I was on a huge webinar yesterday uh, with my friend Adora Evans. Um, huge, I don't know, thousands of people. And... Um, they brought on Greg Reed right behind me. And Greg's co-author of uh, of uh, Three Feet from Gold was Sharon Lecter, who's a co-author of Rich Dad Poor Dad. Sharon's a dear friend, and Greg's a dear friend. And she surprised me, and they brought Greg on. And as soon as I saw him, I thought, oh, God, I'm going to ugly cry. And I did. And uh, I just started talking about it. Because I, I, I started this um, in about three weeks. Two weeks will be three years ago I started this. So I started GSD. Like literally right when COVID hit, I started it. And I'll never forget, I had Greg on an Instagram live and he invited me, he goes, dude, listen, if you're ever in Southern California, call me. I'd love for you to have you over at the house. Give me, I'll give you 90 minutes. We can talk about whatever you want to talk. And I, I got on this yesterday and I saw Greg and I'm like, you know, Greg's one of the guys when I get ready to do my conference, I shoot him a text. I said, dude, listen, every time I see you on social media or every time I hear your name, I think this guy gave me time in his living room. I shared all this vision. I'd had nothing, like nothing was, nothing had happened yet. I hadn't even started anything yet. I said, but yet here I am in your living room for 90 minutes. I'll never forget. I took my planner out and I got ready to write notes. And you said, you don't need that. This is just a conversation between two friends. And I said, Greg Reed, I would not, I'm ugly crying, bro. I'm on this webinar with thousands of people and I'm like ugly crying on this thing. And uh, I'm like, dude, I would not be here if it weren't for you. And your belief in me that you saw three years ago when all I had was a dream. So, man, when it comes to encouraging people and letting people borrow your passion, your belief, your desire until they make it and they get enough momentum to create that on their own. Dude, that's the freaking greatest feeling in the world, man. Was there another driver there for you to create all this even before three years ago? to do what you're doing today. I believe that pain can be uh -huh. a massive driver for a lot of people. So was there, was there a pain or an insecurity there that? Yeah. One of my, one of my five affirmations is I am whole. I choose to use past pain to help others find healing. Um, you know, I've been sharing a lot about my journey over the past year, a lot on social media. I did it at my conference. My therapist, <laughs> Lauren, is a somatic therapist, and she's a dating and relationship expert. Um, Lauren actually, I had her speak on Friday. She was the last speaker on Friday. 
that I came up, um, put a couple chairs up, and I just shared my story because nobody had really heard my story. And divorced a year ago, um, been out of the house for three years. Very That's the hardest, hardest thing I've ever done. I've got four daughters, 27, 23, 19, and 14 that I love dearly. Um, very A very difficult season in my life. And a year ago, I walk into my therapist here locally, Maxine, and she says to me, she goes, Ken, tell me your story. And I said, born in Detroit, raised in Pontiac, parents got divorced when I was eight. I said, mom moved us to Georgia when I was in the second grade. From my sixth grade year to my senior year of high school, I moved back and forth to my dad six different times. I went to 12 schools. I went to six different high schools. I can't even tell you how many homes I lived in. It was a lot. And she's writing notes in her book, you know, like any, like every good therapist does. And she looks up at me and she goes, why in the world would you want to move so many times? Then I said, Maxine, I didn't have a choice. I said, if I ever got in trouble, my mom would tell me to go pack a bag. And I had 24 to 48 hours and I was on a bus, a plane, or my dad was in a car on the way to come pick me up from Michigan. I've had two aha moments in my life. One was when I gave my life to Christ in August of 1993 when I got saved. And the other was this, the next statement she asked me. She was writing in her notebook and she looked up and she said, well, Ken, how do you think that's had an effect on your relationship with the women in your life who are supposed to love and protect you? And I'm telling you, dude, I lost it. And she just looked at me and I'm, I'm sobbing on, this, on the couch in my therapist's office. And it, you know, I was sobbing because I went back three weeks before that to a relationship um, with a woman that I love very dearly in Northern California that I dated for about a year and a half that I um, love more than probably any woman that I've ever loved in my life. And three weeks before that, she picked me up at the airport in San Francisco, and we didn't even make it out of the city limits. We had an argument. She said something. I got triggered. I didn't know I had trauma. I had no idea what that even looked like then. She said something triggered me. I made her pull the car over. I got my suitcase and I left. So here was a 53-year-old man living out the trauma of a 13-year-old boy. Except this time, instead of the woman that it was in my life telling me I had to leave, I was going to leave before the woman told me to leave. And when she said that to me a year ago, Gavin, I looked back at my entire adult life and all my relationships, and it's exactly what I did every time I felt threatened where I felt like the woman was going to ask me to leave, I left before she asked me to. And so, dude, I've been on this journey for a year, 11 months. It's, it'll be in two weeks. It'll be, it'll be a year, 11 and a half months journey of really finding who I am and how do I take this trauma? Again, my affirmation, I am whole. I choose to use past pain to help others find healing. I, dude, I get DMs every day. I mean, I, I don't know, 30,000 followers on Instagram. I get DMs every day. Dude, I can't believe you're sharing this. I can't believe you're this transparent. I can't believe you're like, dude, you're like an open book. I'm telling you, man, when we shared at my Create Conference, Lauren and I, Lauren shared on polarity. She shared on trauma, polarity between the masculine and the feminine. And I got up and shared that, what I just shared with you, and really got down deep into it. There was not a, hundreds of people, not a dry eye in the place. Not mine, not Lauren's, not anybody else's. Because I knew that, listen, in order for other men and women to find healing from, dude, I was 53 years old. Gavin, I had no idea I had trauma. I, I literally, I literally used, man, I went to 12 schools in 12 years, went to six different high schools. Then I went in the military, went in the Air Force after that. You can drop me in any situation and dude, I can make friends. You can put me into any place on the, on the planet and I can walk into it and I can make friends. So I, I literally wore that as a badge of honor. And I'll never forget when I said that to Maxine that day, she said, Ken, you wore that as a badge of honor to cover up the trauma that was in your life. You want to talk about like, it was outside of giving my life to Christ, the biggest aha moment in my life. And so I spent a year, man, I spent a year discovering like, okay, why is that there? How do I properly deal with this trauma? Lauren, I said, she's a somatic therapist. How do I go from, and I, so my part in my talk with us sitting on stage together was just, this is what I'm passionate about right now. Like right now, I mean, I, I, I coach entrepreneurs. That's what I do. I run the largest entrepreneur conference in the Southeast. 
I help business leaders build confidence, gain clarity, and create community. I guess this is going to be confidence and clarity. It probably confidence and confidence and clarity probably falls under that. But what I talked about that day was how do I know if I have trauma? If you can't set boundaries and and follow them and keep them, or you have problems when people encroach the boundaries that you verbally shared and you continually let them do that, that's a sign of unresolved trauma. If you respond or you react versus responding, and I'll say that when somebody says something to you, you go zero to 100, just like that, that's a sign of unresolved and undealt with trauma. And that, that was my life. That was my life. And so I've learned through three different therapists, three very good therapists, I've learned how to respond versus react. I've learned in relationships with partners and with, which I haven't really had a long one since, since I was with, you know, the girl that I was with for a year and a half, I haven't really had a long one. I've learned how to be in my, there's a book called the, um, the masculine relationship by G.S. Youngblood. Phenomenal. I've read it three times or listened to it on audible. And one of the things I learned in there that G.S. talks about is as a masculine, I'm to hold space. God made women emotional. Every guy listening to this, you know, if you've ever been in a relationship, fucking women can go from zero to a hundred in about a half a second. It don't take them long to get emotional. And it doesn't even have to be anything you did to them. It can be her girlfriend didn't say something right, or the kids didn't do something. Or when she said, Hey, how do I, how does my ass look in these jeans? And you didn't respond immediately with baby, you're so damn sexy. I can't even stand it. Like they'll go zero to a hundred quick. And so what happened was in that relationship, when she would get triggered and come and raise her, her emotional state would get elevated. Me being having trauma and not knowing it, what, what, what would I do as a man? I would try to explain or defend my position. And then when she didn't receive what I was saying, then what would I do? She's here. She's already elevated baseline. She's elevated. I get elevated. Then she gets elevated. And then I get elevated. Next thing you know, we got a freaking train wreck. And that's, that's what our relationship looked like. The highs were the most amazing times of my life and the lows were the worst times of my life. When all I had to do was understand my trauma, deal with my trauma to an extent, Gavin, where I can say when she gets elevated, I stand firm in my masculine. Understanding that it's not, she's not attacking me. She's not, she's not abandoning me. So all the trauma and the feelings and the emotions that come with what I went through as a kid would just, woo, would just fly all over me. And there was, I, I couldn't control. And she would, she'd get elevated. I'd get elevated. So when I realized this over the past three months, and I really learned how to be grounded and present, I, I sent her an email. I said, Hey, I, I'm really, I'm really, really sorry. Like I didn't have the capacity to hold space for you because when the feminine gets elevated, and you hold, you hold space as a masculine, you, the, the, the feminine wants three things. They want to know it's safe. They want to know it's safe. They want to know they're seen and they want to know they're heard. If you can create an environment as a man where when your woman gets elevated, you're, hey, babe, I hear you. And you're calm. You're present. Because here's, and again, I, I've made this mistake for 30 years. You're not listening to do what? Solve a problem. You're listening because you love your partner. Babe, I hear you. Just let her just let her be emotional. You're holding firm in your masculinity, in your space, which is how God created you and what God created you to do. And then when she realizes she's safe, guess what she does? Babe, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to come at you like that. It really didn't have anything to do with you. Something happened at the office today. Something one of the kids did today. You know, my mom and my dad are having problems. It's got nothing to do with you. And this is what I, this, this, this kind of revelation aha moment came to me two weeks ago on my Wednesday night call. What I needed from my ex and what I needed from my ex-wife and what I needed from her in this relationship was when she made a mistake, I just needed her to own the mistake. Just own it. But what happened was, Gavin, when they get elevated and we get elevated, the moment we get elevated, the very first time in that conversation, we take away our partner's opportunity to give us the one thing that we want or the one thing that we need, which is, man, babe, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to get, I didn't mean to come at you like that. Hey, you know what, babe? It's okay. I love you very much. 
how can I help you in that situation? Or do you just need me to listen and just be here and hold space for you? I couldn't do that. Dude, that, you want to talk about everybody listening to this podcast. If you'll take that one thing that I just said and apply that to your relationships, it'll be a game changer for you. Oh, how I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of men listening to this can relate to and or uh or abandonment wounds from our childhood. I think it's massive oh, huge. in terms of huge how to play it play play out in our uh, adult relationships or and uh yeah, I've gone through that process too of reading books and understanding this and the way of the superior man was the game changer for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that was yes. that was a brilliant book. Yeah. Have you uh forgiven yourself for what happened in the past? Yeah, I, I've never had a problem, um, you know, being a person of faith, understanding what Jesus did for me. I, I've never, I've never had a problem with forgiveness, forgiving myself or forgiving other people. Never. I've never been an issue for me because I understand what God forgave me of. And when you understand that, I don't care if you're a person of faith or not, but when you understand it, you look at it. If you believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he took my punishment for me so I didn't have to take it in the future. How, how, how can I not forgive somebody else? I've been forgiven the ultimate debt. I have to. And, this, and that's, that's one thing that, that Scripture is very, very clear on. I have to forgive. So forgiveness for me, dude, is, it really is easy. Um, it's, it's easy. I, it's never been an issue with forgiving myself or anybody else. All somebody has to do is say, Ken, dude, I'm really sorry. Good, done, we're good. Let's move forward. I forgive you. Let's move forward. So, no, I, I haven't really, haven't really had a, I haven't really had a problem with that. What about when you got divorced and mm -hmm. this was a period where you hadn't yet processed the trauma from the past, mm -hmm. you know, right. the fear of being abandoned yeah. yeah, and you're ultimately being somewhat abandoned by your wife and your, and your children at the time. Mm -hmm. How did that play out in your life at that time? Hard, man. It was hard. Um, but, but it's. It was the, when my divorce was final, I mean, I've been going to therapy. I pastored for a long time. So I've been in therapy forever. I mean, it's not like you, and I tell people all the time, like therapy isn't just for people who have issues. Therapy is like preventive maintenance. Like you don't get your oil changed in my, like my Range Rover sitting outside. I don't get my oil changed when my Range Rover engine locks up. I get the oil changed every three to 5,000 miles because that's what I'm supposed to do. Like it's preventive maintenance. You need somebody with a 10,000 foot view of your life at all times. You need somebody that you can communicate with and they can give you a good assessment. Not a, not a, and I have great men, great friends in my corner, but you need to, you need a professional to be able to look and go, oh, you know, here's, Hey, are you, are you seeing this here? You need that. Especially if you're in a relationship because relationships are hard. I just reposted a, a post earlier, like choosing to be in a relationship is the hardest thing you can do. Because it's going to cause those things on the inside of you to surface that you don't want to surface. But the reason God allows us to surface is because he wants you to grow through them. He doesn't want that to be a part of your life for the rest of your life. He wants you to be able to go, oh, okay, I got that. I've got this issue. Hey, babe, will you, will you help me with this? Here, here's what, even for me, like if I get elevated, here, here's how I'd like for you to respond to me. And if you respond to me, I'm a, I'm a big teddy bear. I am. I'm the biggest teddy bear in the world. I'm. I'm so soft. Now I can. I can. I can flip the switch. But I'll, I've always said, and I even told that, that one relationship I was talking about. Like, if I ever get elevated, and you approach me this way and talk to me, babe, I love you very much. I don't know what's wrong, but I love you. Um, how can how can I help? You just need me to listen. Like you had that conversation with me, and I'm butter. Rob, I'm melting your hands. It's, it's, it's understanding. For me, like even in this season of being single, it's okay. I know exactly what my ideal partner looks like. I know what it, because I am working on me becoming the ideal partner as well. And one thing I found is the more that I work on me, the people that I attract in my life, pretty amazing people who have done the work as well. Now, dude, I'm like, if you're single, if you're single guys out there, um, if you're single guys out there and you're looking for a girl and she doesn't have a therapist. I just say, you need not apply. Like, I'm not looking for you. If you haven't been through therapy or you don't have a therapist, I, I, we don't, I don't want to have a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the non-negotiable, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Unprocessed wins, you don't want to be yeah. uh, experiencing those in another relationship. So yep, yep. 
if you do if you were speaking to somebody who's going through a similar process like that in their lives the moment where they're going through it I know there are I work with men all the time who go through this process of separation and divorce what can you say to them that you've learned from your own experience there make sure the guys I talk a lot about three spheres of influence community circle and corner um, your corner is that small group of guys I have I have a text thread with some amazing human beings on that make sure that those guys know what's going on in your life um, I have a real good pastor friend of mine and I heard him say this about 15 years ago he said you're only as sick as your secrets you're only as sick as your secrets like you better have one or two guys in your life that know everything about you when I left, it was March the 15th of last year, the 13th, March the 13th, I think it was the 12th or 13th was the, the Friday and we mediation and we got everything agreed on Monday. My divorce was going to be final. I'll never forget walking out of the, the attorney's office and we've been separated for two years. I thought it was going to be like, okay, great, man, let's go on. Let's do what God's called me to do. Let's get this stuff done. And what happened was it floored me. And I picked the phone up and I called my buddy, my best friend Jeff in Calabasas, in right outside of L.A. And I said, "Dude, I'm I, I don't I got it. like the 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 meeting attorney came in with me and my attorney. She asked me what happened. I just started crying. Like I'm telling her the story and I'm just bawling. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know this was gonna happen. She's like, it's no problem. But I mean, it hit me hard. So I picked the phone up. I called Jeff. Jeff said, Jeff said, fly to Calabasas. I'm sending you a ticket. Would you come to come hang out with me? So I, I flew to Calabasas. I spent nine days with Jeff and his family at their home. I have my own suite at their house. And uh, we sat at the pool and Helen, their their housekeeper, brought us food and we just we just we just hung out. And I remember the second or third day I started to try to talk about business. Jeff goes, No, 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 he's Persian. No, 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 no. We know we know talk about business. We know talk business. He wouldn't let me talk business for a week. It was a week before he let me talk business. So I'd say, man, guys, listen, if you're going through something like that, find the right people to have in your corner or your circle. Circles of 10, 12 people you spend the most time with. Like, who are those people? And I'd ask you this. If you haven't went through a crisis, you're going to, you're either, you're either coming out of one, in one, or about to go into one. That's just the, that's the world we live in. So if you think you're going to go through a crisis, when you look at the people that are in your life, are they people, are they guys, we're speaking predominantly to men, are the men in your life guys you want in your life if you're going through a crisis? And if they're not, maybe you need to reevaluate your circle and find some new people to do life with. How do you find those people? Get in rooms with people that think bigger than you do. Man, just get around amazing people. Um, it's, just, it's all about the people. It's everything that we do is about relationships. It's always about relationships. Um, I mean, I'm on an hour and 57 minute phone call with, with Vic. I mean, the guy, he just bought a company three months ago for 292 million. He owns Christensen arms, which is the number one rifle manufacturer in the country. They just won three awards on the top three gun magazines. They won the, you know, the best sporting or hunting rifle out there. I mean, this, this guy's done more in business, dude, than this guy. He's legitimately done more in business than anybody I know, including Grant, including Brand. I mean, all the guys that do business development and stuff, he's done more than all those guys probably combined. And I'm on an hour and 57 minute Zoom call with him today. I, how, how much is that worth? You can't, you can't put a price. You can't put a price tag on that, dude. You kidding me? Dude, we're just, man, we're just, we're just really, really good friends, and we're talking business, and we're doing business together. Um, you, you cannot put a price tag. I would, I would say this. How do I find those people? This is the main keynote I give everywhere I go. Great leaders want something for people, not from people. I mean, be a person that adds value and, and loves people and takes care of people. And it's not about what they can do for you or what they can offer you. It's about them as a human being. What can I do for Gavin? How can I help him? What can I do for Vic? How, what can I do for Dr. T? What can I do for these people that I have in my life? Yeah. And how is that pattern beginning to change in your life with the work you've done especially yeah. through the somatic therapy which I'm yeah. incredibly intrigued about myself yeah how how is that pattern beginning to break or change in your life right now yeah there's I just I don't get triggered I rarely get triggered now um 
I had, I had, I told you I sent, I sent some, yeah, I sent an email. Out. I sent an email out to my ex-wife as well. Same thing. Hey, I, I couldn't hold space. Here's, here's the process I've gone through. Here's what I learned. And I'm really, really sorry. Like, I just, I didn't know how to hold space for you. And the one thing I wanted from you, well, I just wanted you to own when you made a mistake. That's all I wanted. And you couldn't do it. Well, you couldn't do it because I, I got elevated every time it happened. Like every time it happened, I would get elevated. And I didn't know why. And I cannot alert it. It's almost like an addiction. You, you can't control it because you don't know why you're getting elevated every time. Um, so I think that that's the big thing. You know, I even got a, uh, <laughs> I had been communicating some with um, the girl that I dated for a year and a half. I haven't spoken with her. I haven't spoken with her in seven months. It's been since June, since we've talked on the phone. Um, but just through the communication, through emails and some of the things that we, the ways we've been communicating, um, you know, there's been a couple of times she said things to me that six months ago would have triggered the shit out of me. Now I'm like, see, there was, she said something to the effect of, Hey, I'm still, I'm still hurt. I'm still wounded. Um, I don't really want to talk to you right now. Every time I see your name, this is how I feel. It just brings that back because I don't want you to be upset with me, which I, I know when she starts talking like that, I, I know that she's in that healing journey as well. I can, I sense it in her. And, and for me, I'm not even doing this to have a relationship back with her. I, I just want to become the best version of me. And I want her to be the best version of her. Like if I, and I told her in a voice text, the other day, I said, listen, I said, this isn't about me and you getting back together. I said, if, if you called me or I heard from a friend that you met somebody that you loved them and you were going to get married, I'd, I'd be, I'd be happy for you. Like would I have, you know, back in the day wanted that to be, of course I would have. But you know what? I'd, I'd be thrilled for you. I'd, I would be super happy for you. And so that's one of the biggest differences. You know, and even when she said something to me about not communicating because she just needed space to process, she goes, I don't want you to be upset or hurt. Text her back. I said, Sin, I said, I said, listen, I'm 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 perfectly fine. I completely understand where you're at in your journey. I I I I will definitely give you some space. And I, I'll wait for you to connect back with me before I connect back with you. And I could not have done that four or five months ago, six months ago. No way in the world I could have done that. Incredible, man. And well done, because that's not an easy process. Like, and I... <laughs> no, it is not. But, but, dude, listen, if you put the right people in your life, guys, if you put the right people in your life, and my therapist, she's not she's not cheap. Now, when I say she's not cheap, she is, she is not, she's expensive. Like, it's, it's an investment. Like, I, when I say investment to the tune of about 10K a month, investment like it's expensive it, it's not it's not cheap but though but where i've come from in 90 days when my 90 days was up we just re-upped again she literally just texted me about an hour ago she goes hey are we on this week because i'm going to puerto rico tomorrow for my mastermind um how about i re-upped again because of the differences made in my life man listen I, i'm a i'm a i'm a different i'm a different man it's funny because i even got an email from from not her, but the girl that I was, I, I dated for a long time. And she goes, I know she said something to the effect of, I know you want me to see that you're healing. And I, I'd see her back and I said, of course, I want you to see where I'm at. Of course I do. But my, my purpose in connecting with you had nothing to do with me. I just wanted to show you what was possible. Like I wanted you to see me and go, wow, he's different. Like there's, he's, he's a different man and I'm a different man now. Than I was 60 days ago, 90 days ago, 120 days ago. I'm a different guy since literally in the last year. It's been, it's just been a gradual process of learning, like having those aha moments, knowing, okay, let's do the work. Let's get in here and let's do the work. Mm-hmm. Why do you think from a personal aspect, it's taking you to this point to begin this process of healing? Well, that's a question I ask all the time. That's the number one question. Why did I not find out about this sooner? Why did I have to be 53 years old to figure this out? Gavin, the only answer, I mean, I've asked my therapist. I've asked some of my best friends. I mean, I've asked God. I'm like, God, why? The only thing I can tell you is the platform that God's given me now and the thousands and thousands of people that I get to speak into their life that listen, I think had it happened before, it would not. I would not have been able to make the impact I think now being 54 years old and walking through this process, you know, for 30 plus years and really deep diving into 
you know, the world of trauma and how do you find healing and how do you set boundaries? And I was in a relationship with somebody that I, that I cared for a lot for about two, two and a half months. And I set boundaries. She would not honor the boundaries. And I told her, I said, listen, if we, if these boundaries get if broken again, I, I care for you a lot, but I'm out. And I did. And my therapist was like, she couldn't believe it. She was like, yes. She was like, you have no idea. She goes, the kin that I met 90 days ago would have never been able to do what you did. And I said, you're right. I would not. Because it would have been like, oh my gosh, well, I'm just going to prove to her I'm worth her keeping my boundaries. I got to prove to her that I'm, I'm man enough or I'm a good enough man for her to love me. And if she loves me, then she won't want to have outside relationships with all these other men she's been intimate with in her past. Like that, that would have been the thought process before. Now, now it's like, no, I know my worth. I know who I am. I know what God's called me to do. And these are my boundaries and I love you. And if you want to operate inside these boundaries, we can have an amazing life together. But if you don't, don't get me wrong. Will it suck? It suck. It sucked for a good week or so. But you know what? I'm going to move forward. And I know God has somebody for me. I literally, dude, one of the homeworks, one of the things of homework I have, I literally have, it's about eight paragraphs of my ideal partner of what she looks like. And it's, it is detailed. Lauren wanted me to do hair color and eye color. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I really, I really don't care. But for me, it's more character. It's a character of who she is as a woman. And the things like going to the gym together in the morning, being able to build what I'm building. I want somebody to stand beside me on my stages. Like I want somebody that has a, a passion for people and I love to serve people. Like, so there's some, there's some very clear things that I have. And if that's not, if that's not, I want, I want a woman who's confident. I want a woman when we walk in the room together, they go, well, I, I don't even know. They may not even know who we are, but when we walk in a room together, they go, man, I, I, I need to get to know those guys. I need to get to know that couple. Cause you can tell there's such an energy and a, and a presence and an authenticity about a couple when they walk into, when they're at that level, when they walk in a room together, it changes people's lives. Well, I'm excited for you, Ken. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, man. Not just uh, on your personal life, but also business-wise as well. And one, fi one final question I have is, how is the relationship with your daughters now, having gone through that process of separation and divorce? Yeah. Um, three of them. Two of them, very, very good. My oldest and my youngest, very good. Um, one of my daughters I haven't spoken to in a year and a half. Very hard. It's been very hard. Um, there's progress. I text her almost every day, voice text, video text. Um, but there's pro there's progress in that. You know, my oldest daughter's married. My oldest daughter is my mini me. My youngest daughter is my oldest daughter's mini me. So they're both just like I am. They're both me. So it's easy for us. And, you know, some of the things that some of the, it was hard, but just a, just a few months ago, last four, five, six months, my oldest daughter and I were, we were going through Starbucks to get her a coffee after we were out shopping at Home Goods and Target and buying stuff for my new house. And she said, Dad, she goes, when you got divorced, I thought it was your fault. She goes, no, nah, I know it wasn't. You didn't have a choice. You know, when you're 27, she was 26 at the time. She's just turned 27 in January. When your daughter says something to you like that, you lean into that because you understand as her, she's been, she'd been married for over a year, a year and a half at that time. She understands. She sees what it is. And I just have to trust that I'm going to handle myself with character and integrity. I'm going to honor their mom. I'm going to honor her. I'm going to honor the fact that, you know, we may have ended after 27 years, but we had some great memories in 27 years. She's an amazing mom. She's an amazing woman. She is an unbelievable coworker and friend. We just got to a space to where we were going in two different directions. But that doesn't mean she's not amazing. And, you know, not only did we have some great memories in 27 years, we've got four unbelievable daughters that love God with everything that they have. And is there, are there days where that's hard for me with my daughter? You better believe it. Are there days I have to text friends or I have to text my therapist and go, hey, this is, this is, I'm, this is really bothering me today. And they just walk me through and encourage me to get me to the next day. I pick the phone up and I'll shoot her a text. I'll pick the phone up or I'll send her a video text, even though I haven't talked to her. Um, but there's, again, there's, there's progress. So it, it, it looks good. Mm -hmm. I think the massive lesson in all this, in this whole conversation is don't do it alone. 
No, you can't. Don't become a lone wolf. Don't let pride and your ego. Think about your back. Think about this. When a predator is going after sheep, when a predator is going after sheep, he always tried to identify the one that's wounded, the weakest. And we are, when we're in those situations, emotionally, we're the weakest. He always try to he try, always tries to identify the weakest, and he always tries to isolate them from the rest of the herd. If he can get you isolated, and he can find you when you're weak, he's going to destroy you. And I, I don't care if you're a person of faith or not. That that those same principles operate in anyone's life. Like you better have a group of people around you that love you and care. And the amazing thing for me, I've got a group of people that love me. And they love me not for what I do. They love me not for the impact I make around the world. They love me for, for me. Like if I, if I, if something happened and I did something stupid tomorrow, they're still going to be in my corner. If I lost all of this today, they're still going to be there for me because they love me. It's not about what I do for people. It's not about my stage. It's not about any of those things. It's about they love Ken for Ken. Mm. Not something to be truly grateful for. You kidding me? So Ken, man, really enjoyed this conversation. And for all of the guys listening to this, if they want to reach out, check out your work, yeah. perhaps even join one of your conferences. One of the days, as I said to you, I'll stick that on my bucket list somewhere. Oh, Where can they find you? Reach out and... and uh, um, at, at, Ken Jos- at Ken Jocelyn, at mm-hmm. K-E-N-J-O-S-L-I-N. Um, super easy. Yes. Excellent, man. Yep. And I'll pop those links that link below and thank you again Ken for this conversation for your insights information and inspiration so as I said very excited for you going forward personally business wise and everything else and I look forward to witnessing your growth on social media and everything else man so appreciate it you gotta get you gotta come to the states and hang out dude yes that's as I said it's on my bucket list man I'm, I'm writing it down there <laughs> oh, man. and uh as always, uh, you're welcome to Ireland as well someday. Oh, I'd love to. I would love to come, dude. I would probably drink too much beer. <laughs> well, you're doing it right then, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's the place to do that. Yeah, good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Ken. You're welcome, my friend. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Warrior Podcast. If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight, information, and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.